0: You know, if you look at like real estate investing coaching, those companies are blowing up, right? Everybody from fortune builders to, to people that I've worked with that I really respect, like Tom Kroll, who, who does wholesale inc and all these companies that are doing seminars and blah, blah, blah. They are pumping out new investors at the street level.
1: What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street Casino and build wealth by investing in Main Street, investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Dan Barrett from AdWords Nerds. He is an advertising expert, entrepreneur who works exclusively with real estate investors. And today, we're talking about recent changes to online advertising, the online advertising marketplace, the technology that surrounds it. This is actually going to be a two-part episode because Dan and I talked for quite a while because there's so much to talk about. There have been recent changes with kind of how the market behaves, which you're gonna learn about first, and and the shifts that have happened in the market, specifically for real estate investors and entrepreneurs who advertise. Things have changed recently, and this is kind of non-intuitive, but once you hear about it, you're gonna understand if you're out there, you've probably noticed the shift in the market, even if you didn't realize it. I know I didn't realize it, but now they have told me about it, shoot, I see it. It makes a lot of sense. And then in the second part, we're gonna talk about more recent changes to the technology space that you've almost certainly heard about. I can almost guarantee you've heard about this, these recent changes that Apple has made, that Facebook is upset about, and the general broader conversation around data and your rights and privacies and all of that. We're talking about that specifically with an advertising guy because that's what this is all about. That's what that whole privacy conversation, at least right now, that's why Facebook's upset, is it's all about their advertising revenue. And we're getting boots on the ground information about how this has impacted the business and the conversation around that data privacy and security and what it's done for advertisers. So really interesting conversation. And it's going to be broken into two parts, just so you know. If you do enjoy the show and you're an Apple podcast user, please take a quick second, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so much. That helps us rank higher in the podcast ecosystem, the Apple podcast ecosystem that helps other people learn about the show. And I'm always honest with you guys, that gives me the warm and fuzzies because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. No matter what podcast app you use, no matter how you're listening to us, take a second, look up the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, hit that subscribe button, that way you'll get every new episode straight to your mobile device every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. So many of you, if you are are online, right? You're, you're online now with your real estate businesses. And if you're not yet, you should be, okay? And if you need traffic coming to your website, advertising is a good way to do that. If you want your ads to be effective, you need to understand what the marketplace is. For advertisement is right now. What's powerful? What's not powerful? Where we stand, and that's what we're talking about today. So, without any further ado, here we go with Dan Barrett from AdWords Nerds. Dan, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to talk with you. I mean, we've been talking here for a while. I always try to do that with the guests, but yeah, yeah, this is an exciting topic because we're talking about really the the forefront of building a business, really in what's going on with PPC pay-per-click ads, SEO, and general online marketing right now, specifically with a focus on what that means for real estate investors. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your business, can you tell us a bit about what you do? And then let's dive into what we're going to discuss today.
0: Yeah, sure. So uh, I run a company called AdWords Nerds, which is over at adwordsnerds.com. We do online marketing for real estate investors. So investors are our only clients. We do pay-per-click advertising, search engine optimization, website design, basically anything you need to get, you know, deals online. That's what we do. And so, yeah, man, it's, it's been kind of a fascinating ride. I, I love focusing on real estate and real estate investors specifically because it's a relatively small world, you know, and it's a, it, there aren't a lot of companies out there that do what we do. And so we really get to be, you know, I can always say like, We have one of the biggest data sets on real estate investor leads uh, outside of Google. And that can be true, right? Like we manage I think last time we checked, we managed about $5 million a year in ad spend. And it's like that gets us a lot of data all in one place. It's very focused. And we get to play around and explore this very weird part of the world, which is real (laughs) estate investing. So yeah, it's it's fascinating. I, I really enjoy it. Awesome.
1: I love that. And and as we were discussing before the show, I really want to keep our our, our conversation centered around, you know, the current status of the market and, and kind of maybe a, a grad level course while we've got you, but I want to make sure we cover the basics real quick on what is pay-per-click advertising, what that means for, for folks out there who might not know. You've seen pay-per-click ads, but you might not know what that means.
0: Yeah. So pay-per-click, it's interesting because people will use this term kind of interchangeably with a bunch of different stuff. Technically, all pay-per-click advertising means is you are advertising online on some sort of advertising channel wherein you get billed or you get charged when someone clicks your ad. So if you run an ad and nobody clicks on it, you don't pay anything. And if a bunch of people click on it, you pay a certain amount for every single one of those clicks. Now, the way people use it, especially in real estate investing, I've noticed that the way people kind of use this in casual conversation is they are usually talking about Google advertising and specifically Google search ads. So you go on Google, you type in sell my house or something, and those top four typically sort of entries in Google are gonna be paid advertisements, right? And if you click on one of those, you go to somebody's website, that's a pay per click ad. Technically, too, Facebook ads are also pay per click ads. YouTube ads are also pay per click ads. Bing ads, oh, it's not. I always say Bing ads. They're they're technically they're called Microsoft ads now, but I'm going to say Bing until I die because I'm old school <laughs> like that. Bing ads are pay per click ads. So anywhere where you're running, you know, one of these ad channels where I click something and then that's when you get charged. That's what a pay per click ad is.
1: Perfect. Perfect. I love that. And, you know, my my heart goes out to anyone who feels compelled to use Bing or Microsoft Edge because you need to get with the times and use something else. But hey, hey.
0: (laughs) every day, almost every day, an investor will come to me and say, hey, like I'm thinking like, I think really old people all use Bing. So like, could we advertise on Bing? And like, and I'm like, yeah. Also, everyone else already had this idea. It's a good idea. Everyone else already had it. You know, let's not poo-poo Bing. Bing has come a long way. They're not bad. They they are a distant third, but that's not. You know, that's not bad. I I'll give them credit where credit's due.
1: All right, fair enough. But you know, before we were we were uh recording, you were telling me about some of the more recent changes in the markets, specifically around real estate investing and generating leads as a real estate investor. And I love learning about that. And, and I think it's going to also tie into broader, more recent broad changes with Apple iOS and Facebook and, and all these things about around tracking individual users and targeting them with ads. So you know, let's break into that and and talk about at least some of these basic ideas around the change of market and then get a little more detailed.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So to give a little context, right? So I've been doing real estate investing uh, marketing for about 10 years, like almost, almost exactly about 10 years now. And I was doing online marketing before that for local businesses, right? Like I always say, like my target market was local business, which is the worst possible target market. If anyone (laughs) wants to start a business, That, that makes no sense. So anyway, you know, I'd I'd been doing ads and SEO and all this stuff for dentists and pizza places. And then I got into real estate investing and real estate investing um, was very weird right from the outset. But the basic approach that worked for it was really, really targeted keywords, really, really focused on highest motivation level stuff, um, really zeroing in on where the best quality leads were going to be. And that produced Really good results. Like the cost per deal acquisition was quite good. We could consistently get deals for our clients, you know, great. And that was the case, continued to be the case for pretty much like eight years or so, right? So that whole period where I was getting started, it was a particular type of industry that we're operating in. We were talking about before, I was saying, it, you know, there's this book out there. It's called Breakthrough Advertising by Eugene Schwartz. You just Google it, you can find it. It's expensive because it's, it's like only one person keeps it in print or something and they're jacking up the price, but it's worth it because yeah, the old book. Yeah. From the, I want to say it's from the forties might be from the fifties or early sixties, but you want to think like mad men era marketing guys. Right. And Schwartz was one of the really influential early direct response marketers, copywriters, really thinking about what makes marketing work and why does certain types of marketing work in some markets and non others. And he had this like really famous, I think it's a five tier classification system for different markets. And at level one is essentially a market where the consumer or the customer, or the, the client, whoever is unaware of the solution that your company offers, right? So the example that uh, is often used is um, if you are the first person, the first company to invent a diet pill, Right. All you have to do to sell it, assuming that that's something that people want, is you approach the market and say, I have invented a diet pill. It is a diet and a pill. They essentially, you describe what the product is. And people are like, wow, that's amazing. I've never heard of it. a diet and a pill. That's incredible. <laughs> right. And that's and minds are blown. People line up around the block. You're selling your diet. pill, Right. So that is a level one type of market. And if you look back at the history of real estate investing, you think of real estate investing as, as it exists today, the sort of classic, you know, I say that everything from like what you do, right, with syndication and, you know, more sophisticated type deals all the way down to, you know, I staple gun the We Buy Houses sign to the telephone pole and I got to do it 40 feet up so people don't tear it down or whatever. <laughs> everything, everything in between that wonderful spectrum of real estate investing, that's really from the late 70s and the, the early 80s, right, is where that starts to happen. You start to get people like Carlton Sheets is doing like, you know, big tape sets and stuff, and the, the sort of the, the OGs in our space, right? And so that's where that industry starts. And that industry, since that period till basically a couple of years ago, is absolutely 100% this level one type market as described by Eugene Schwartz, right? All you had to do as an investor is approach a seller and say, I am a real estate investor. And what that means is I will buy your house. You won't have to do the paperwork You blah, blah, blah. You give the whole pitch. It's super fast, super efficient. You it just describe what the service is. And so if you look at the marketing that investors do and have done for decades, now, what is it? It's I write a yellow letter. The yellow letter says, I want to buy your house. And so was like, wow. Oh, a total stranger wants to buy my house. It's amazing, right? Or you send a postcard. The postcard says, We buy houses, we buy houses. It's like literally just literally exactly what it is, right? You look at like the average amount of investor, like their company is called We Buy Houses, Utah, We Buy Houses, Columbus. Like it's just the description of the business, right? So level one mark, level one industry. Now, what happens is when a level one industry starts to see significant competition, and I would argue that sometime in the past three to five years, this is what occurred for real estate investing. You know, if you look at like real estate investing coaching, those companies are blowing up, right? Everybody from fortune builders to to people that I've worked with that I really respect, like Tom Kroll, who who does Wholesaling Inc. All these companies are doing seminars and blah, blah, blah. They are pumping out new investors at the street level, Right. Um, you have literally entire television networks that just show people flipping houses. (laughs) Right. Right. Like 24 hours a day, I can turn on a TV and like watch somebody like debating whether they should like put tile in the kitchen or whatever, and how that's going to like affect the resale value and all this stuff. So it's like, You've got that. It's it's just entered the mainstream consciousness in a way that is has never been the case before. And you have this absolute like massive proliferation of people doing marketing and direct mail and text messaging. Literally, investors text messaged so many people about buying their houses that text message marketing is going to be regulated out of existence, like as of this recording, right? It's like it, there's a lot out there. It's saturation. Now, when a level one market, according to Schwartz, right, hits that saturation point, you transition to a level two market or industry. And a level two market or industry is dominated by the need for differentiation. It becomes not just, I'm a real estate investor, I will buy your house. The conversation becomes, many people are offering to buy your house. Here is why that you should choose me. You should choose me over this guy, that guy, this woman, that woman, right? You need to choose me over other people. That is a question of differentiation. And in a market that is predominated by the need for differentiation, the marketing is very different, right? Like if I was going to, like, when I, and I'll, I'll give a, an example from my business, right? Because this applies to any business, not just real estate investors. But in my business, when I got started doing online marketing for real estate investors, what did I say? I say, I do online marketing for real estate investors. And they're like, oh, what? For me? Yeah, amazing, (laughs) right? Now, keep in mind, like in the agency space, the marketing agency space, that's differentiation. I do online marketing. A lot of people do online marketing. I do it for real estate investors. That makes me different. I put myself in a category by myself, marketing for real estate investors. For a long time, that's all I needed to do. Now, when I start sales conversations or marketing conversations with investors, what I say is, look, you and I both know you've seen like 500 ads telling you that you're they're going to do your marketing. And you've got 500 people saying they want to do SEO for your website. You've got 500 people saying they can do PPC for $10 a day or whatever they say it's going to be. And I'm like, that's all great. I'm sure all these people are absolutely wonderful people. Uh, I'm sure they're great. I, I want them to feed their families. It's going to be wonderful. I work with sophisticated investors who know that $10 a day to do their marketing is a terrible investment, <laughs> right? So it's like, again, I've got to differentiate myself again within the pack where I'm in, right? Now, the, to bring this back to real estate investing and like why, why I'm doing this whole rigmarole and going through this whole thing, because I think it's, for one, I think it's very important for anybody in any industry to understand the history of their industry. Because if you don't understand your history, you don't understand your future, right? Totally. But, but in... in Purely in real estate investing, bring this back to like brass tacks, down street level again. What that means is, when you contact a seller, a potential seller might want to sell their house, might want to, you know, go under contract with you. The conversation you are entering into is profoundly different. It is a conversation of here is why you should choose me rather than Zillow, Trulia, Open Door, OfferPad, Knock, and the fifty other investors that contacted you this week, right? I mean, heaven forbid you're contacting one of these poor people that are on a list that like have made their way onto a list of like a potential motivated seller. They are getting crushed.
1: Completely inundated.
0: Inundated, right? So it becomes sell to me, I'm local. It becomes sell to me, I'm like you. We have something in common, right? It becomes sell to me. I have a client, for example- uh, Alex Van Brooklyn, a great investor, really, really talented, building an, an awesome team in a very crowded market. They sell in the Maryland market or they buy in the Maryland and really crowd a lot of investors. And he leans into the fact he's a veteran. Uh, they do a ton of work with vet, vet, veteran-focused uh, charities. Right, he leans into. We are an ethical company. We are building a business, a brand that's going to be here for ten years, twenty years, fifty years. Here's how we're giving back to the community. He focuses on that because his calculus, which I would argue is correct, is if you're getting ten emails from like (laughs) BuyHouseFastCash.biz/slash Maryland. Right. And you're going to want to go with, oh, this guy lives near me. He's a veteran. They care about my community. Right. You know his team. He's got a bunch of pictures of the team. You know, it's like it it just makes it, it's a different experience. Right. Differentiation. That whole, our whole industry shifted to a differentiation focused industry. And 99% of people haven't realized it. Right. So to me, it's like this is the first time really in the history of the industry that I think investors. Like, I have always poo-pooed social media for real estate investors. I'm like, who cares? You know, I'm like, if I'm a motivated seller, I don't care that you exist before I'm motivated. And I don't care after I sell. I only care for a very short window, like the refractory period on motivated (laughs) sellers is very short. So I'm like, you know, who cares if, if, if you're tweeting? I just need you in the moment. I've completely changed my tune on that over the last couple of years, because now I really do think it really does make a difference if you have been showing up month over month before I needed you, because now we have a relationship, there's a reason to sell to you rather than, any, than anyone else. So to me, when I look out at the, at the landscape of, of marketing and real estate investing, what I see is an industry that's in the middle of a profound transition a transition that real estate agents or realtors or all these other people in real estate in general had to go through decades ago. We are now just going through now, right? I'm like, there's a reason that like real estate investors never did the refrigerator magnet calendar thing with the realtor's like face on it. And he's like, call me in three years when you need to sell this house. The reason they're doing that is like they're in market number two and we were in market number one. It never mattered to us. Now it matters. Like, I'm not saying go invest in fridge magnet. But what (laughs) I am saying is like, know the industry you're in, right? Know the market you're in. So um, that's the big one. I mean, there's a whole bunch of tech transitions happening. We could talk about that too. But, you know, if I have a takeaway for anybody, it's like, understand that relationships with clients sellers change over time, depending on how saturated or unsaturated your market is. Regionally, you could still be in market one. You Regionally, you could have been market two a decade ago right? It just depends. But like, know the market you're in, because that will help you dial in the type of marketing you need to be doing. And it's going to be make everything you do much more effective. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've got so many questions about it. But really, I want to make sure we cover while we're here, you know, folks have almost certainly heard in the news that recently, Apple changed uh, some stuff with with iOS. And basically, Facebook is no longer able to I don't know, use your camera to look at you whenever they want or whatever they were doing. (laughs) Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity you can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called GroundFloor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry, they make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com groundfloor ground floor to get started or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com/groundfloor or click the link in the show notes. Back to the
0: show. Yeah, Zuckerberg is no longer allowed to, uh, you know, he doesn't have the right of prima noctis or whatever, uh, yeah, whatever they changed. But that's
1: yeah. really what I want to learn about from from your perspective, right? Because, I mean, I've heard about this left and right. And yeah, I understand his privacy, so on and so forth. But what that really means as far, you know, from an advertising perspective goes, like what changes have you seen there as a result yeah. of this?
0: Yeah, this is so. This is absolutely fascinating, and I will be the first to say, um, just to put this out there, right? Because this is what I do; it's it's what I pay attention to every day, and I have thoughts. I got a lot of thoughts and opinions, but I will. I said this to you before we jumped on the call, I'm going to say it now. Anybody who says they know exactly where all this stuff is going is just completely full of it, right? Nobody knows where this is going right now. We are in the middle of a really big sea change. This is outside of real estate investing, just in the way that these advertising platforms work, and like. You also got to remember, like Facebook has a population of. It, it's like if you put China, Russia, and the United States together, it's like four times bigger than that. <laughs> you know, it's like mad. These are massive companies on a massive scale. That it's like, almost
1: everybody on the planet. It's it's uh, very close.
0: Basically, to that. yeah. It's like whether you know it or not, you got one right, mm-hmm. and it's um that's a weird environment to be in. that. I don't think we really understand the dynamics of how it works, but. This is really important to understand. So I, I will back up. I will give a little context and then we'll get right into the iOS changes because I, I do. I want people to have practical takeaways. I do have some practical takeaways for people. But so to back up, right? What makes Facebook different from Google, right? In terms of advertising. Because Google was the advertising leader for a long time. They had complete market domination. Facebook punched them in the face. And that's, they're still close, but Facebook beat Google in the advertising game. And if you think about it, it's really weird because what made Google effective was Google was able to show you ads based on what you search for. So I always say, like, if you're used to, you're a real estate investor, you used to direct mail marketing. OK, so like, let's let's bring this back. Where are you used to? I'm used to building a list, sending out a bunch of postcards, sending out letters, whatever. and I say, OK, in that situation, what do you know about the people you're mailing? Well, depending on the list, maybe you're sending based on how much equity they have or, oh, this person, you know, people got all these things like, oh, this first person has like zoning code violations. I'm going to mail them or they're, they're multifamily owners, right? You know something about them, their demographics, their psychographics, their, their income or whatever, but you don't know if they want to sell, right? You just know kind of the type of person they are. In Google, it's the opposite. In Google, I got no idea who you are, but I know you're interested in selling. And the reason I know that is because when you type in Google, you go and Google, and you say, "I want to sell a house." They're like, "Great." All I know is that that person typed in "I want to sell a house." It's probably a pretty good bet that they got a house they want to sell. Otherwise, they wouldn't type it in. I don't know if you've typed that in for fun lately, but I haven't. (laughs) So I haven't. I I don't know anything about you, but I know your intent. That's what made Google powerful. If I type in, you know, Air Jordans price, the intent is I want to buy some Air Jordans. I want to know the price. So that's incredibly valuable way to target advertising right? You put it in front of people who have the intent to buy That's what made Google the monolith that they were in terms of online advertising. Facebook is much closer to direct mail than it is to Google. Facebook works on an algorithmic basis that pulls from data that's based on your demographics and psychographics. So like, what does that mean? Basically what it means is everything that you do on Facebook, they track. So people always remember like, oh, I like the page for Air Jordans. Like, yeah, but also you surfed on a website about Air Jordans and also based on your age, your race, your location and the the universe, uh, the types of friends that you have and the things that they like, and the fact that we know X about your income and you drive this type of car, there's a 14% higher chance that you're gonna buy Air Jordans in the next six months. And they're using deep learning, machine learning, AI, whatever you want to call it, to mesh all these little data points together and basically predict what you might be interested in. That's how Facebook worked. And as that algorithm has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger and better and better and better and actually predicting behavior, right, they are able to show ads in a very effective way. So for example, I would say this, like, I'm a mark for advertising, an absolute rube. OK, I will buy any stupid thing you put in front of me, provided it's of a certain number of things. So like they're like, OK, Dim, I can see you got, you know, these kind of like black rimmed, horn rimmed glasses. Uh, you're a bald white dude with a beard. You're wearing a black T-shirt. You know, I could see you got like a, a Moon Knight comic book in the background. Like, yeah, you're probably going to want like the special whiskey month subscription box. <laughs> and i will be like, yes, I do because there just aren't that many types of dudes in the world, and so we all like the same stupid stuff. And they got really, really good at predicting that, right? It's like, if you listen to Metallica, you're probably gonna like Megadeth or whatever. And they just got really good at making those predictions. That's how Facebook works. So on Facebook, I don't know your intent, but I know a ton about you. And it's indirect, like as an advertiser, I don't see that information. I just say, give me the people that are gonna like Megadeth and Facebook will figure it out. Now, okay, the reason I'm giving you that whole context, That whole system is based on an understanding. That understanding is they get to see what you do. They get some way of tracking your behavior on your phone, uh, tracking behavior across a network of websites that advertise on Facebook, right? So if I advertise on Facebook, I've got to put a Facebook pixel in my website code that will lets Facebook know when people go there. Well, that gives them data about the type of stuff that I like, right? If I went on lego.com, and, uh, you know, they advertise on Facebook. Well, now Facebook gets some data about what I did on their website. It knows I like Lego. And that puts me in a certain bucket, right? 42-year-old white dude who likes Lego. They're like, okay, cool. You're a dork. No one likes you. Uh, you go in that. You know, you probably get the social skills course or whatever, right? And so they're putting me in the bucket. It all hinges on the understanding that Facebook gets the data about what you do. There's a great saying right online where it's like, if you didn't pay for the website, you're the product. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So you're the product on Facebook, all your data. So in any case, that makes people uncomfortable, rightfully or wrongly. Right. And I would say like, you don't have to agree with this take. Right. I think I think there's a nuanced take on it. Right. But you you made the joke when we started. Right. You made the joke. I was there watching you through your, your thing. How many people have had this conversation where they're like, yeah, I think my phone is listening to me because I said something about buying a Lego set earlier. And then I saw a Lego set online. And I'm like, it's not that your phone is listening to you. It's that you're really predicting. That's (laughs) what it is. Right. But, but we, it's unnatural to us in the sense that like no human being could ever make predictions the way that these algorithms make predictions. It feels literally uncanny in the sense that like, Horror fiction is uncanny. Like Frankenstein is uncanny because he's a bunch of dead body parts stitched together. It feels weird to us. It feels wrong. So we have like an instinctual biological reaction to the sense that a computer knows more about us than we do.
1: All right, guys, that was part one of a two part conversation with Dan Barrett from AdWords Nerds. Tune in tomorrow for the second part where we're going to discuss recent changes or how the recent changes in data sharing, data privacy have impacted. Investors have impacted advertisers like Dan. He shares specific information about how these changes to data sharing, specifically that Apple has implemented, have impacted his ROI on ads on Facebook. Really interesting. And I love that he's bringing actual data and numbers to us. We also talk about kind of the ethics of, of making that decision and what his thoughts are as somebody in the industry who benefits from or at least benefited from the lack of privacy controls. And is he benefiting now? I don't know. We're going to talk about all that. So tune in tomorrow. Look forward to seeing you then. If you haven't yet, and you're an Apple Podcast user, please take a quick second. Leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcast. Five stars would be so much appreciated. Helps other people learn about the show helps us rank higher in the Apple podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that gives me the warm and fuzzies because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator, and I'm looking forward to seeing you right back here tomorrow. Talk to you then.